0: We are moving on from the presidential facial hair, and we are jumping back into our series on Proverbs life hacks. And uh, the book of Proverbs, we, we've been making this case, and I hope we've been experiencing this as we've gone along the way, and that this isn't just something I'm saying this book does to us, but that that's what we're encountering as, as we study it and, and receive from it as well, is that it, it explains life to us, right? That li- life is designed, there, there are blueprints to life. There's a software code that life runs on, and that God makes available to us. He, he, he invites us to to step into the world that he's that he's made to to look around, like they say in the Hamilton song. And I always picture Molly Earhart's face lip syncing to to the. Uh, Skyler sister's song, yeah, look around, look around. Uh, well, Proverbs invites us to do that, right? To, to step in and, and take a look around at this particular world, this world that God has made. He's created, it was good, but now it's fallen as well, and it's being redeemed. Uh, so it's, it's full of opportunity, uh, but it's also full of danger. And so it, it requires understanding. We, we can't just live life as, as amateurs and expect to succeed and, and uh, not be vulnerable to the realities that confront us in, in life. And so uh, Proverbs invites us to, to have understanding and skill that's necessary to engage this life. And, and uh, Vaughn Roberts has a book, True Friendship, and that's going to be our topic for tonight, he says that some people are very good at navigating through life. They just seem to understand how the world works and live accordingly. But others are forever getting into trouble. Is this, does this describe you? If there's a pit anywhere near, they will find it and fall into it. The difference between them is not usually a matter of intelligence It is possible to have a massive intellect, even a 32 ACT score, and still be inept at the basic business of living. Nor is it always a question of morality. Two people can share exactly the same moral principles and seek to live by them, and yet one still manages to make a mess of their relationships, work, and finances while the other thrives in them. The difference, more often than not, Concerns wisdom. Wisdom is the great difference maker in in life, and, and that's that's true in, in the area of friendship. We're going to talk about tonight, and and during these years of your life, right? Friends are a big deal. Friends, they 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 show up in every cultural artifact, every tv show that's targeted for your age group it's discussing friendships it's addressing the realities of friendship it's it's dealing with all the social aspects that are involved with that's just an awareness that uh you know the friends are important earlier on but but this this sense of kind of friends and and family you know you you got a soundboard over here and you mix different channels well as you as you enter into you know 10 11 12 the, the channel of your family starts to the volume starts to lower down in terms of who you want to be around and, and who you give place to, and, and friends and peer groups, right? You, you increase the volume, you increase the significance of that uh, in your life during these years. Now, now, friends should be a big deal throughout your life. Um, that's part of God's plan. God, God has planned for friendships to, to be a blessing uh, to us. Uh, but the reality is just because you, you have friends um doesn't mean you know how to approach friendship with skill, with wisdom. And here's where just a little humility and honesty is going to help us receive tonight. Um, some people don't have much self-awareness, but the Bible, it, it often begins before it addresses something in our lives, it, it, it puts us under the magnifying glass and just say, hey, can we talk reality here? Can we talk through uh, your personal history? Uh, do you have a personal history of making a mess of friendships? You tend to move on from friends quickly. There, there, there were friends that you were really close with just four months ago, and now it's kind of, you're polite, or maybe it's nasty. But there, there's just not much going on there in, anymore, even though you wanted to be with them all the time just four months ago. Uh, have you noticed that certain friends and groups haven't been a positive influence on you? My right? time spent around them has, has had an effect on your attitudes and on your habits and maybe your parents begin to notice that and say, I'm not so sure I, I like it when you're, you're around them so often. And you might get defensive about that, but something's, something's affecting you here if you are honest. Or maybe friendship is a challenge for you. You, you, You're not really sure if you have many friends. And the experience of loneliness and feeling disconnected is typical, right? You you come into a setting like this and you're kind of welcomed in the group as a whole, but the sense that somebody here is my friend. We're friends. Maybe that's uh, more foreign to your experience. Well, as much as we love our friends, uh, friendship can be a difficult and awkward thing to manage. But God's word addresses this. And it does so extensively. We're going to be reading from all over the book of Proverbs tonight. You look at your little card there and you'll just see references from Proverbs littered all over that thing. Because I, I want this to help us in the category of friendship, but also want us to, to get a feel. This is just, you know, exhibit A for how comprehensive God's revealed wisdom is for our life. And you can do this with any topic. Pick up any reality in life and run it through this, and God speaks to it. He speaks to it with uh, liberating and life giving uh, insight for us. And so I want us to feel that. Uh, tonight might be less of a sermon and more of a, a group counseling session in, in, in that sense. Uh, let's talk about uh, God's plan for friendship and and for walking with the wise. Uh, Friendship's not something that we discover or that we invent. It is an eternal reality. God is a community of friends. That's what God has forever been, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that they have in, in one being, so don't, don't get the wrong idea here, there's just one God, there's just one being, but there is, within God, there's a society of persons in perfect relationship, uh, perfect harmony with, with one another, but that's, that's what God is, and so when he makes the world, he doesn't just make things in, in, in sets of one. Right? And, and actually, his his creation of mankind is instructive for us because he makes Adam, and after saying, this is good, and this is good, and this is good, he comes to this, this one solitary dude and says, not good. Now, nothing's fallen yet. Sin has not corrupted anything about creation. Adam was there. He had a perfect relationship with God. He had the most rocking quiet times and prayer life and, and all of that, and yet God said not arrived yet with my plan for his life. I'm going to make a helper fit for him. I'm, I'm going to make there to be another person. I'm going to make there to be society. Now, the fundamental building block of society is marriage and family. But in that context, God desires friendship to take place and, and, and friendship has always been in his plan and, and purposes for our lives. Uh, Ray Orland says this, He says, God is befriending us, including us, drawing more and more people in. Friendship began in heaven, not on earth, and is coming down to earth through the gospel today. The the wisdom of Proverbs guides us into the strong friendships God is creating. And, And God's doing this for us. God is saying to you right now, let's be friends and let's win more friends wisely. And that's the gospel, and that's the church, and that's the redemptive purposes of God throughout history, and so uh, rightly so, uh, friends have a significant influence on us, and in particular in in these years of of your life, And, and that's often a good thing, but it can also be a problem. And the book of Proverbs anticipates that, right? Proverbs 13, verse 20, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools suffers harm. And, and and again, remember how proverbs are supposed to function. Proverbs aren't commandments necessarily. They're not these absolutely precise statements. But they're, they're principles that, that tell us the way that the world works, the way things happen. And it's just throwing out wisdom for us and saying, hey, uh, if you walk with the wise, if, if you are discerning in who you choose to, to pursue friendship with and who you're going to partner with, and, and those are wise people, that will have an effect on you. And it'll be for your good. But but if if, if you go out there and, and you're undiscerning in that and you're a companion of fools, uh, that's going to hurt you. That's not going to go well with you. See, so if, if you want to end up with headaches and in settings that are dangerous, yeah, just disregard any sort of standard in who you make your friends. That's what Proverbs is telling us. That, that's not a, a blanket statement that we shouldn't be friends with unbelievers. Um, Jesus was constantly hanging out with people uh, that were accused of being the wrong crowd, right? And so he, the people that he was associated with, you know, there were certain religious groups that are like, why in the world would you be around Zacchaeus? Why would you want to hang out with her? Don't you know who she is? Don't you know what she's, what she's done? Um, but what's important to recognize is Jesus was in a place of maturity and conviction so that he had a redemptive influence on them, and it wasn't running in the other direction. And so that's an important question um, to ask. Who is influencing whom? Is, is this friendship uh, drawing an unbeliever toward God, or is it drawing me away from God? And so Proverbs uh, 22 verse 24 says make no friendship with a man given to anger nor go with a wrathful man lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare right? somebody who's hot-headed and 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 that's the way that they respond to problems it just makes them angry and they're, they're going to come in and you know they're, they're going to face the challenge and that way that, that has an effect on you over time you become uh, like them as well And 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 so if, you know, in particular, if if your parents are raising questions for you as to should you be around that person that often, I don't really like the effect they're having on you, uh, don't get defensive about that. Because step one to being wise is receiving wisdom. And they have wisdom. And might they see things that you might not see and understand at this point? In fact, uh, one of the things that we're gonna do, flip, flip your card over to the back there and uh, we provide each parent meeting um, these little faith discussion guides. Anybody using those? Yes, kind of, sometimes, mostly. Uh, this is one that I've set up for, uh, for the youth to ask their parents questions, which Proverbs invite you to do. One of the questions here is, is, is which friends do you think are a good influence on me, and do you have concerns about any of my friends? So ask them that question, right? You bring it up. You create the scenario so that it doesn't have to be heated and awkward later on. Um, one of the very first warnings in the book of Proverbs has to do with the people that you hang around, right? So Proverbs chapter 1, after it has that introduction says in verse 10 my son if sinners entice you do not consent if they say come with us let us lie and wait for blood let us ambush the innocent without reason i don't know if you've gotten that kind of invitation ever to like join a gang and run off and kill people but but the attitude that's here it's 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 playing with human lives like it's a game and their chances, chances are that you are around some people that do this. They just don't care. They don't care who gets affected, who gets hurt. Let's just have a good time. Right? Verse 14, throw in your lot among us. We'll have one purse. And so there, There's a common livelihood and value system. My son, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed blood. And as you follow them all the way through, they end up in the grave Themselves. And so people like this who, who want to self-indulge and are reckless, Proverbs is saying, we don't have any business identifying with them. N- nothing nothing good's gonna come from this. In fact, Sheol will just swallow you alive in the end. And, and maybe some of you have family members or older sister, uh, siblings or friends um, where you've seen that this has affected them, that they've, they've, they got a wrong, the wrong, wrong crowd or they, they pursued certain lifestyles and, and, it, and it led to destruction in their lives. And they're still managing, still picking up uh, pieces from choices that they've made. But, but how does that happen? Because nobody starts by saying, you know what, I just want to make a wreck of my life, uh, it starts with there's an appeal, there, there's certain desires and ambitions that are inside of them, to be included, to be appreciated, to be seen a certain way, to be seen as edgy and adventurous, right? And C.S. Lewis said, you know, f- friends can, can make good men better and they can make bad men worse. And in that context, he was talking about this desire to be in the the inner ring, to be in this this circle, and you know, you, you, the, the mean, mean Girls film is kind of like the, the, the proverbial play out of that scenario of just stepping on people in the process. Doesn't matter who I'm hurting, doesn't matter how this is uh, affecting me, because I need to be included. And that can be a powerful motivating force in somebody's life. And so watch out for that if that's in your heart. Um, all right, let's say you're pursuing the right kind of friends. How can you avoid uh, common friendship pitfalls? Um, these are some insights from Proverbs. And, um, you know, for, for me, walking as a youth pastor for about five years now, and I was realizing this a couple of weeks ago for the lock-in, I've been, I've been staying up all night at lock-ins now for 15 years in a row. <laughs> uh, so I've been up close and personal, right, with... with um, Teenage friendships and, and just observe some things along the way. And I think there's a lot of help that's, that's here for us. So some, what are some uh, friendship pitfalls? Uh, first is that there, there's no boundaries. This, this is really interesting. Proverbs 25, 17. This is actually in the Bible, all right? Uh, Let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. Some of you burn the fuse of friendship too fast. And this, this, this is, you know, you can be particularly susceptible of doing this in the summer. Because you've got nowhere to be, and, you know, your friend's mom is like, how many times do I have to cook for you? Because you're just there over, you know, over and over again, staying overnight, and uh, getting evicted. You know, they're, they're having lawyers show up there to try to put you out. But... Uh, uh, no, no. often it actually doesn't feel like that. It's like, oh, you're welcome over any time and you always want to be around each other and there's, there's so much that's fun about that and that's good about that. But be careful because you know what you do? You extend the air time for all the rest of the stuff on this list to happen. Careless words, gossip, conflict, fighting. You, you, you put yourself up close and personal in a setting where you You eventually you overstay your welcome, you overstay your welcome physically in their house, but just in the amount of time and interaction you have with one another and so sometimes having a good friendship means let me tap the brakes every now and then and not feel like I just am full throttle. you and I we're, you know this is our world um, you know also having some some boundaries not just in in terms of the time you spend together, but in some cases um the kinds of things that you talk about and share with one another. And and here's where we need to be careful because uh, at the end of the day, and we're gonna see this in a moment, Proverbs does want us to be open in our friendships. It wants us to to experience the grace that comes where I make myself vulnerable to somebody else. But here's where you need wisdom and you need to be careful is, uh, the person that you're sharing that with might not be mature enough yet to handle it, and and you have to recognize that. You have to recognize that this is going to wig them out. They're not going to know how to handle this information, right? This, this is going to give them anxiety. They're going to run and tell somebody else. And so, sometimes uh, friendships can can stall out before they have a chance to develop because th- there there wasn't any discernment in. When, when are we ready to discuss uh, certain things? And, and maybe that's a foreign thought to you, or maybe right now a certain relationship's entering your mind. Well, here's where God's uh, word addresses that, all right? Uh, related to that, careless words, Proverbs 25, 20, whoever sings songs to a heavy heart is like one who takes off a garment on a cold day and like vinegar on soda, Uh I used to like to make these uh, baking soda and vinegar bombs. This is probably something that Jude has done. You ever, you ever made those? All right, there you go. Um, but you, there's, this, you know, there's, there's this chemical reaction that comes. It fizzes, and if it's in, a, if it's in close quarters, it can explode. And so uh, Proverbs is picking up that, that imagery and, and, and he's applying it to something that seems so innocent, singing songs to a heavy heart. What does that mean? Well, it means somebody's walking through circumstances in life that are weighing on them and have them down, and they're saddened, and you're just treating everything like it's trivial and like it's a joke and like, the, you know, th- things are just fine and it's all happy clappy, and you know, that that affects them, and that that creates distance between you and them because they feel like you, you don't understand me. You don't appreciate what I'm walking through. You're, you're not doing what the book of Romans calls us to do, which is to... Uh, rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep. And, and and I know this is, again, this is why Proverbs addresses us where we are in these young years because sometimes you don't know how to do that yet. But this is where God helps us grow up with him to, to be caring and wise in how we understand the particular needs. Um, saying the right thing uh, at the right time and, and not just the right thing at the the wrong time. And, and sometimes what we say isn't even that well-intended, right? Proverbs 11, verse 12, whoever belittles his neighbor, and that's the same word for friend in Proverbs, lacks sense. But a man of understanding remains silent, right? And then Proverbs 26, 18 through 19 says, like a madman who throws firebrands, arrows, and death, right? Just picture somebody who's just throwing death, uh, is the man who deceives his neighbor and says, I'm only joking. You ever done this? You ever brought things too far? And you thought, hey, it'd be really fun if we make them the butt of the joke and we tear them down and we do this or that, and, and, and they retreat in offense. And, and no matter what you say, it's like, well, c- can't you take a joke, man? Don't you understand? Uh, Proverbs is actually saying the problem's not with them. You were a fool. You were careless in how you handled that. Right. Some of you see the line and fly by at about 90 miles an hour. Uh, what about gossip? Whoever covers an offense seeks love, but he who repeats a matter separates close friends. And Proverbs 11:13. whoever goes about slandering reveals secrets, but he who is trustworthy in spirit keeps a thing covered. Right? So... Um, you know, there are moments in, in friendship where something is shared and, and either it's made clear or you should know that's not intended for other people to know about. Now, here's the problem. You know, most, most people, unless you're just, again, unless you belong in the Mean Girls film, uh, you're not out to just destroy people and, and, and spread around rumors and, and that sort of thing. Why do people gossip? Is it, is it because they're just malevolent? No, it's because they're self-serving. It's because you like to feel like you're, you're the kind of person that people tell stuff to because you got a listening ear and you're, and you're understanding and they c- people can trust you. And, and here's the challenge is you want, you want them to trust you, but you also want other people to know that about you. And so, you know, people will be talking about somebody and you've got insider information, and well, you know, the reason why she's not talking to him anymore is, and, and then you divulge something that's happened that they never intended for you to share with anybody. Well, Why'd you do that? You did it because it scored your points right there, and you cared about that more than you cared about your friendship, right? This, this, is a, this is a problem. It's not that we're intending to betray somebody. We don't think of it like that. It's just that we want to gain some sense of significance out of what they have told us. And so, essentially, we use them in the process. Well, Let me just raise this quickly. I know this is connected to so many things. When should you share what somebody has shared with you? All right? Confidentiality is, is not absolute. Um, and so, if you recognize that they are in physical or significant spiritual danger, um, or if they have introduced you to a problem that is real and that you are not in a position where you can help, and then they've just unloaded that onto you and tagged on the end. You're not going to tell anybody, right? Uh, Caring for them means caring for them more than you care about the way that they understand their own needs. And so the thing to do there is, is to go to an appropriate authority. Not to just spread it around people that are in the same exact position as you who they don't know how to handle that. They don't know what to do with that kind of information. And so uh, come talk to me, uh, come talk to a parent if, uh, if, if things are in that, in that place. All right, um, Proverbs 12, 16. Uh, mismanaging conflict is a, is a common relational pitfall, right? Uh, This is funny right here. The vexation of a fool is known at once, but the prudent ignores an insult. You ever have that sense that if somebody says something to you that bothers you, they gotta know it, right? I've gotta do do something in my face. I've gotta say something. I've gotta react. I've gotta bite back in some way to make sure they realize, hey, that's not cool. You don't do that kind of thing to me. Um, Proverbs is saying, You're a fool. Do do you really think it's that important? Do you really think it serves your friendship and let alone serves the cause of righteousness for every time that you're bothered about something? you have to advertise that? Can you have any uh, settled sense of who you are in Christ and humility to just brush it aside? And I'm not even gonna notice. I'm not even going to act like I even heard what they said. I'm just—we're just going to move on to the next thing. All right? That's not always the appropriate response. This is why these are not rules. This is wisdom, because sometimes you need to pick something up and say, "Let's talk about this," but often you just brush it aside. Right? Uh, I love this picture here. Proverbs 26:17. Whoever meddles in a quarrel not his own is like one who takes a passing dog by the ears uh, when. My wife, Rebecca, was six years old. She was in her uh, aunt's house, and she went upstairs, ventured off by herself, and inside, this was not a passing dog, but inside of that house uh, was their three-legged Doberman that she went to pet, and it bit off her lip. It was entirely hanging off of her face. From, there, was a, there was a cut like this, and lip was hanging down, and uh, she had, there was this big dude who had to hold her head still while they did all the stitches for her. So uh, this this is not just, you know, your aunt's three-legged like doberman pincher, right? This is like a wild dog. People in, in Proverbs Day, by the way, they didn't keep dogs as pets, right? Dogs were there, they were scavenging around eating corpses. And they were just like lone wolves. And and and, and some of us, we, we get excited about conflict because it it's kind of like a little dramedy, you know, dramedy, I use that word. It is kind of like that, uh, that we get to uh, enter into, right, and, and, and play, a, play a role in it. And it's fun to, to, to jump into that. And, and Proverbs is saying, it's like you grab one of those wild dogs by the ears and stick your face right inside of it. It's like, why would you touch that? Why would you do that? And so if, 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 if two people over here are having an argument, for the most part, that's not something for you to enter into. Unless you're playing some sort of mature, redemptive role to help them resolve that out of biblical principles, then you leave it alone, and you continue being friends with both of them, okay? Um, beginning of strife, Proverbs 17:4 is like uh, letting out water, so quit before the quarrel breaks out. Um, the Bible addresses how to handle conflict and uh, I don't think I can go into that tonight, so I'm going to keep moving here. Uh, let's uh, let's move forward now to marks of a healthy friendship. All right. So, um, assuming we're pursuing friends with the right people, and we're we're seeking to not mismanage uh, these realities, what's going to help us? Right. What what's going to allow us to experience all the good and the joy that God wants us to have with friends. And that's, that's his purpose. That's his purpose in all of wisdom, is joy. Life lived to the fullest. But the route that it takes is often unexpected. Uh, you know, we're playing with this life hack concept and uh, there's a website, lifehack.org. And I just was curious to, to read their article on friendship and they talked about what is, um, what is a real friend versus a toxic friend. And they said, real friends accept you the way you are. But toxic friends, look at that. That's just violent and nasty. Toxic friends, they try to control you and change you. All right? now, there's something of that that's true. All right? Um, but not the entire truth. And so the first, first thing on this list is, is candor. Uh, the culture makes a lot of noise about, hey, who, who do you want to have as friends? It's the ones who tell you to be yourself. They accept you just as you are. Right? There's no expectations for you to change, for you to be different. Um, good friends don't just say, be yourself. They say, be better than yourself. Right? Be like Christ. That's what we're after. We, we don't want to stay where we are. We want to grow. We we, we want to be more like our Savior in how we act and how we manage our attitudes and and issues. And and so real friends challenge you. Proverbs 27, verse 6, faithful are the wounds of a friend, profuse are the kisses of an enemy. And again, Proverbs are are just stating a life reality. It's saying, hey, if you're going to have friends, you're going to have wounds. So, Don't be naive in doing this whole friendship thing. But but beyond that, it's saying that's a good thing. Wounds that come from a friend and how he's defining it here, that's a good thing. But somebody might be totally against you. They might not care anything about you, but they are flattering you. Like profuse are their kisses. They're nice and they're kind. Uh, They they never present anything that's challenging or have you considered this? uh, because what what's going on there? They're self-serving. They're getting something out of you that they don't want to uh, you know affect at all by actually speaking the truth. Um, now, w- this imagery of wounds, when, when you get a wound, it hurts. And Proverbs is saying that doesn't necessarily mean something's wrong. And you need to be in- informed about this, about walking in friendship. There's sometimes it feels uncomfortable, it feels strange, it, it, it feels like I've, I've been wounded here, and Proverbs is saying, and sometimes, that's exactly where you need to be here, uh, Proverbs 24, verse 26 says, whoever gives an honest answer kisses the lips, now, I don't know if you want to think about that, about your best friend, depending on who they are, uh, But don't run from people speaking truth in your life, and don't don't be afraid to to share uh, truth with them as well. Uh, Von Rabe says, Very often it is love for myself and a fear of being badly received rather than a love for my friend that holds me back from speaking an uncomfortable truth to him. Now, I know you guys have a variety of kinds of friends, but in in this community here, we should at least have this as, hey, we're after this, Right? Being part of a youth group at least means we want to follow Jesus and help one another follow him as well. And so if somebody's saying something or doing something that's concerning or unwise, and you don't say anything about that, just ask yourself, why is that? Am I afraid? Am I just serving me? Am I just worried that they, you know, they'll turn on me and they won't receive that and they'll you know create problems? Um... And then the question is, well, do I really love them and do I really love what God loves and is calling us uh, to do in our in our lives? Uh, on the other hand, Proverbs 29 verse 5 says, whoever flatters his friend spreads a net for his feet. You're trapping him. You're putting him in a place of danger. Von Roberts gave this illustration. I thought this was, this was really good. Uh, you know, TV shows like, you know, traditionally it was American Idol, and then X Factor, and then whatever you know one exists after that. Uh, you, you'll have some contestant, and they they sound like a goose is being strangled, and uh, you know the, some of the judges will. You know, you'll have the Simon Cowell judge will just totally destroy them. Uh, the other ones are a little you know more careful. Uh, but then they go back to their friends and family, and you wonder. How did that person ever get the idea that they could sing? I mean, have you ever listened to your? Well, what, what happened? Well, they, their friends and their family are there to hug them and say, they don't know. You sure, they make millions of dollars doing this for a living, but they got no clue, right? You're awesome. Uh, they have damaged their friend by not being a friend, right? By just flattering and not telling any hard truths. All right, so related to that is uh, counsel, Proverbs 27, verse nine, oil and perfume make the heart glad and the sweetness of a friend comes from his earnest counsel. Anthony Salvaggio says, uh, notice that this verse is not saying that the best part of true friendship is how we mirror ourselves back to one another in a mutual admiration society. Why do friends become such a big deal when you're a teenager? Because they're like you right they they look like you they dress like you they act like you they respond like you and so that affirms and makes you feel like yep i know where it's at and so that's what creates animosity between generations because you're siding with the people that are like you um, but it says rather earnest counsel points out where we may be thinking wrongly in regard to a pending issue circumstance or decision it introduces factors we had not considered or had not considered seriously enough. Now, in order for that to happen, you have to have some friends that think differently than you, that might see some things that you just don't see. Maybe their personality is different, their experience is different, their knowledge of the Bible is different, right? And, and those can be sources of God just helping you out and saying, yeah, I know it's a really big deal to you right now, but have you thought all right, so question for you, when was the last time you helped a friend with wise counsel? Because Proverbs puts this toward the top of the list, right? Friends with benefits, that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about this here. Uh, all right, finally, constancy. Um, you know, the, the theme song for the show. Anybody watching the show Friends on Netflix right now? I don't know how those things are. Uh, Mackeys in the back, there you go. Uh, Izzy. Uh, what's the theme song? Um, Sing it out. I'll be, I'll, be there for you. I'll be there for you, right? Uh, it's the most artificial environment that they've ever created as a show. These, you know, half a dozen single people living in New York and, and always being in one another's lives. But, but why do we like that? Right? Yeah, well, Yeah. script. Uh, but that sense that wouldn't it be great to have those kinds of friends, right? It's friends who are there for you. Friends who you walk through all kinds of awkward, weird situations together, but you're there, right? You, and, and, and Proverbs is presenting somewhat of a vision of friendship that doesn't really look like Jennifer Aniston, but, uh, but some version of that, right? Proverbs uh, 20, verse 6, uh, Many a man proclaims his own steadfast love, but a faithful friend who can find. I'll be there for you. No matter what happens. And and you you have, in Proverbs, you have the fair weather friend. Proverbs 19, verse 4, wealth brings many new friends, but a poor man is deserted by his friend. And again, Proverbs isn't saying, and isn't that great? It's just telling you, it's just saying, hey, it's a fact of life. Rich people, people like them. Poor people, they're like, see, I'm moving on. And And it's saying, you discover then who your true friends are. Maybe... Maybe you haven't experienced that in terms of wealth and poverty, but you know social standing can be a category for this. And so when you're somebody who's liked and popular, people surround you, they want to spend time with you, but then when things start to turn against you and other people are questioning, you know, maybe that person's not really that big of a deal, you, you start to discover, why, why were my friends my friends? And people become awkward and distant and they're hanging around other people. Proverbs 17, 17 says, a friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. And it, it, the Bible gives us this wonderful picture of friendship in uh, Jonathan and David. And if you know anything about their stats, all right, so who's Jonathan? Who's his daddy? Huh? Saul, right? Who's Saul to David. No, his enemy. Okay, so let me give you basic Bible history. Saul is the first king in Israel. Looks great, but not so great. David's number two, first really great king. But there's this period of time where Saul realizes uh, that guy, he's won over the hearts of Israel, and I'm going to throw as many spears at him as I can do my target practice, right? Uh, So David's on the run, and Jonathan is the heir to the throne. He's the next one in line to take over Israel. And he pledges his loyalty to David. And he says, hey, you and me, we're going to make a covenant, and we're going to be friends, and I support you. Even if my dad kills me in this, I'm, I'm with you. And and there was nothing advantageous. It would have been so easy for Jonathan to just to... Say, you know, David, man, you're kind of a liability now. So hope it goes well for you, but you understand why. My position, I can't do this anymore. And and guys, there are times when your friends become a liability. They're awkward. They're, it's not fun anymore. You don't you know, it's like we're always talking about stuff I don't care about. And and the temptation is to retreat, the temptation is to Okay, find somebody else who's fun to be around. Because the, life has got them in a weird place. And, pe- and listen, reality in life, when life gets challenging, people become weird. And they do weird stuff. And, and we don't, we don't want to be around weird, right? We're kind of like, okay, go, go figure out how what you're going to do about that and come back when you're normal. Um, and Proverbs is saying, what kind of a friend are you? Walk with them in, in their moment of need as they're confused and challenged and, and it feels like stuff's turned against them. Are you still gonna be there for them in that, in that moment even when this doesn't serve you? Right, we, we talked about last month hacking life through hard work and we want, right, we, we live in America and we want things that are immediately enjoyable and instantly gratifying and don't require much work of us and don't make us uncomfortable. Can I tell you, friendship's not like that. And if you think it is, you will move on from people over time because you don't do it for me right away, and you're not like McDonald's fries, and you're, you, know, you, just, you want something that's instant and enjoyable. And people aren't like that, which means you never really get to the stage of experiencing the benefit that God wants our friends to be. All right, let me close with this. One thought. Um, There is a faithful friend that is ours. And um, he's constant. And he loves us in all of our weirdness. And all the ways that we mismanage life. And all our problems. And he is there for us. Proverbs 18 Twenty-four, just editing out a bunch of junk on the fly. It says this: A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And we we live in a culture that's the many companions culture, right? You got many many friends, digital friends, followers, social media connection. It just it it it, it in, installs this concept. Even using the word friend there. Which I'm, I'm not opposed to that, I'm on social media, but uh, what it does is it kind of installs this thought that all you people are like my platform, my audience, and I'm gonna add hundreds and hundreds more. How many more friends can I get, right? And, and he's saying, if, if that's all you're ever chasing after, you come to ruin. You You won't be able to handle that. But he says, there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. And Jesus said this, his disciples and to you and me. He said, greater love is no one than this, that someone laid down his life for his friends. And he says, I've called you friends. I'm the God who's always existed, Father, Son, and Spirit. We had everybody we never needed, you know? We didn't need you problem people in our lives. But we wanted you. We wanted, wanted to be friends. We wanted to be faithful to you in all of your sin and all of your self-destruction in all of the ways that you have offended me and all the ways that you have mishandled my world and disregarded my law I'll be faithful to you as a friend and, and what that does that, that that does two things for us one It helps us, because again, some of you, friendship has not been a good experience lately. And maybe you're feeling lonely, you're feeling that ache that comes from, something's missing here. And for Jesus to draw near to you in this moment, and impart faith, impart a sense of trust to, to you, do you trust me with your life? I've laid down mine for yours. When that was no advantage to me, I sacrificed to have you. Do you trust me? I'll be with you even to the end of the age. Because no matter what happens on the human level, do not trade that in for anything because you will never find that. You will never find another person like that in this world. But what Jesus also does is he empowers us. He says, I'm, I'm with you in this and I'll make you like me. I'll, I'll transform you by my spirit so that you can act like I act and you can be faithful and you can do the hard work and you can press on when it's difficult and challenging and strange and we're going to go, we're going to walk in good pasture together. We're going to make some friends and they're going to last for all eternity And that's what God wants from our lives. Okay, Lord, thank you for your truth. Thank you for how it helps us, how it speaks to us exactly where we are and what we need to hear. But more than ideas, God, thank you for your presence. Thank you for your friendship. Would we love it more than anything else? And would we walk in friendship with you? Lord, pursue you. Walk in agreement with your ways. Receive your correction. Receive your counsel and receive your power to live in a way that pleases you in this world. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.